Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning again. So we are on this series called The Jesus Inside, which is really a a series on the Holy Spirit. And there's a couple things I want to do before we jump into this message. By the way, this message today is understanding the difference between believing and receiving and understanding that just knowing about Jesus is really not enough. And we're going to talk about, sorry, not believing in Jesus is not enough, but it's really going to be about knowing him. We're going to talk about the difference of that in a moment. Um, But if you notice what is here today, there is a, it is not a hot tub. It is It looks like one. It feels like one, but it's actually a baptismal tank, our portable baptismal tank. This is Baptism Sunday. Twelve of you have already signed up to be baptized today, but we, we, it's exciting, very exciting. Some of you are nervous. I've talked to some of you already. At Grace Capital Church, it is a believer's baptism, so if you believe, and it's an adult baptism, so if you are, uh, meaning adult, if you're of age to the place where you can articulate what it means to be a follower of Jesus and know that you've received him into your life, um, we offer this uh, for you today. It can also be a spontaneous baptism. We have shorts and t-shirts outside. So as the service goes on, if you're saying, today's my day, we've got um, things prepared for you. If you're being baptized today, I'll release you when to go get changed. Um, and, but that's what this tank is here uh, for today. I also want to be a little transparent with you and and let you know some of my failures. Is that okay? All right. Because nobody's perfect around here, especially not me. Well, I was, uh, on Thursday, uh, I was taking a shower and I I saw something weird on my back. I don't always check out my back, but for some reason this day I did and I looked around and there there was a tick attached to my back. Um, and so I said, Audra, can you get this thing off my back? And uh, he was attached, and his head was burrowed in pretty good, and Audra went and tried to pick it out. You know, you, all the freakouts about Lyme disease, and I was like, oh, my word, here we go. So she gets it out. She goes, I didn't get the head. I said, what do you mean you didn't get the head? That's the thing you want to get out. She said, no, I, I picked the body, but the head's still in there. So I was like, all right, here we go. So I got to... I drive down to Convenient MD in, in the morning. Well, actually, I waited a day. I was like, ah, it's no big deal. Then all of a sudden, it's like, you, the head's still in there. So she's trying to make me freak out a little bit now. So I've got like some freaky head in my back. And um, I got to get to the point real quick here because I got a great message. But this is an aside failure note. So I go to Convenient MD the next morning. I'm waiting there for them to open up. And here's a young dad with his little baby girl and he's got blood all over his shoulder. And I said, what's going on? He goes, well, my daughter woke up and her mouth is bleeding. And the, the girl was just looking so sad. And we're waiting outside. It's kind of raining. We're on the undercovering. And I felt like the Lord was prompting me to just offer to pray um, for that little girl. And my failure was I didn't do it. I, uh, I rationalized it away. Like, I mean, kind of weird, kind of awkward, kind of feeling like it's... But I knew that I knew that the Holy Spirit was prompting me and, and I didn't do it. 
Well, the good thing about the Holy Spirit is he's, he's not going to hold that against me, but he is going to say, Mark, come on, you, you can do this. You've got to grow in these areas that when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's easy for me to tell you when the, when the Spirit of God's moving and, and it's kind of like I, I have a relationship with you, and so it's easy to do that, but it's much harder. I don't know this person. What are they going to think? And Am I going to weird them out? And, but maybe that was the very thing that he needed to know how much God loves him and cares for him, and he sees the need because I could see the fear in his eyes. All right, that was a downer, sorry. But I just wanted to let you know about my failures and and how we're trying to grow in this together, that we need to listen to that still small voice and follow in obedience to what he is saying. So I'm growing with you. So here's the other thing. Uh, Sunday, Friday night, incredible night of worship, but I want to share with you something that that the Lord spoke to us um, as a way of just a, a context to the new season that we're in. So the word that God gave us on Friday night, that is we, we stepped uh, over the threshold. Or we crossed a threshold. That's what it was. We crossed the threshold. And, and there's no turning back. That we've entered into a new season and we can't turn back. And, and here was the imagery of it, though. It was we crossed the threshold being carried over the threshold like a bridegroom carries his bride into their new home. And the important part of this is to understand the spiritual significance of that vision, which is to say that that Jesus, who is our bridegroom, the church who is his bride, he is bringing his bride into a new place, a new home, where he gets to be, he gets to care for us, he gets to uh, husband us, if you will. And so I want to encourage us to, to come with anticipation because uh, something took place on Friday that will forever mark the life of Grace Capital Church. And today we're in a new season and we should come with anticipation for what Jesus has for us. Our focus is on Jesus and as we continue to allow the Holy Spirit move. Okay, well, today we're going to be talking about Uh, As we said, believing is different than knowing and uh, receiving the Holy Spirit. I think the challenge for many people, um, myself included, that back in the day, that sometimes we have a hard time receiving the Holy Spirit because we try to receive it with our mind, with with, with some level of just a mental exercise, And we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is spirit. And we spend so much time training our minds that somehow we feel like we we also receive the Holy Spirit the same way we receive information. Which today I'm going to tell you it's different. We're made up of three people, three people, three parts. We are not the Trinity. We're made up of three parts, body, soul and spirit. We're going to talk about that and how the function of each one of them and how the Holy Spirit comes and relates. But especially for you thinkers, receiving the Holy Spirit is very difficult. Feelers, a little bit easier because you're used to using your emotion. And so when you feel something, it validates for you. You thinkers, you, you don't, it's not that you don't feel, but you, you're very analytical. And so when you, 
when you process analytically, it's very difficult. The, the barriers are so high for you to receive the Holy Spirit. And what I'm going to do today is try to help, hopefully break those barriers down for you because over the next few weeks, by the way, Pastor Richie's giving us the message next week. We always love when Pastor Richie gives the message. He's going to be speaking about um, learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, which I heard. Maybe I need to do a message on being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit because I need that one. Um, so let's get going here. If you have your Bibles, and turn with me to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. By the way, really important to bring your Bibles or a device to look at these things so you can underline. I don't know how many times I go back to certain scriptures when people ask me about certain things. It's so good to have these underlining and make little notes so you can understand where, where you find these things later. Acts chapter 19 By the way, the author of Acts is, um, is Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, um, Dr. Luke. He was a doctor. And he's recounting the time um, that in Ephesus, Paul, by the way, Ephesus is in modern-day Turkey today, and Paul has this encounter with some guys who believed in Jesus but had not yet received the Holy Spirit. I get that question a lot of times. Uh, when you accept Christ into your life, do you have the Holy Spirit? Do you not have the Holy Spirit? How does that work? You know, do we have a, like a little pilot light, and then all of a sudden when we get baptized with the Holy Spirit, the light goes brighter? You know, I've heard all kinds of analogies. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says, and we'll kind of go through this a little bit. So Acts chapter 19, we're going to start with the first one. It says, And it happened while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. That would be the baptism of repentance. They, they said, John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism, oh, he says it, baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. So here's some guys who believed... Remember, we said this message is the difference between believing and knowing. They believed in Jesus, so I would say they were saved. But yet, they were not baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. And so, Paul lays hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. I'm not going to be addressing tongues today. We will address that in the next few weeks. It's really important to talk about because there are times where when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, they start speaking in tongues. And then there's other scriptures that people are filled with the Holy Spirit. They didn't speak in tongues. I want to address that a little bit. Um, we don't talk a lot about that in the church, but I think there needs to be some understanding around. But that's not today's message. The difference between believing and knowing. Remember that there's a scripture that says even the demons believed. 
So the whole idea of believing in Jesus, you have to question, is that just enough for, for understanding your relationship with God? Believing is the starting point, I agree. See, when you make a decision for Jesus, you're making a decision. It is spiritual, but you're making a decision in your mind to say, yes, I'm choosing to turn my life over to Jesus. Now, I want to talk about this knowing. You see, believing is, look at this slide for a minute. Believing is mental. Knowing is relational, and living is experiential. So as they're working through these early events of, of after Jesus left this world, like Acts is the beginning of the church, starts. Jesus is now gone. He's ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit comes, the day of Pentecost. And these disciples are going around and talking about Jesus, but also allowing them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But in John 17, uh, verses 1 through 5, it says, When Jesus spoke these words, he lifted his eyes to heaven. He said, by the way, this is where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he's crucified. He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Since you, gave, you have given him authority over flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you. That word know is important, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That they may know you. This word know is actually the same word know that you find in Genesis when Adam and Eve knew each other. And gave birth to Cain. They knew each other. So this idea of, now this one knowing was sexual intimacy, but the knowing that is referred to in the Bible really does not necessarily mean it's sexual. It just means a level of intimacy. And here he's saying that, that his heart is that his people would know him, so know him on a relational aspect, not just know him in a mental I, I know who you are, or I believe in you, right? Because I can believe in somebody out there. I can believe you say who you are. But until I spend time with you and that we have these intimate conversations and that we can know each other's coming and going, that, that I don't know you even though I, I believe you say who you are. It's the way with Jesus. We can believe in him, and we can believe he says who he is. He's the son of God, that he died on a cross. He, three days later, he rose again. But it's a whole lot different to know him, and I would say to know him in that level is we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. We tracking? Okay. The other thing I want to talk about is these baptisms, because... It made reference to it. Paul talked about it. Um, these two different baptisms. Today we have a baptism in water. And what this represents is it signifies 
what has taken place in your life spiritually is like the old person dies, the flesh dies. You, you go down underwater. It's like um, connecting with Jesus, like he went to the grave. But the new person comes up saying that we no longer are living for ourselves. We are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, and that symbolizes that. But Jesus also talks about this other baptism, and it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians, oh, sorry, Acts 11, verse 16. Let's look there for a second. Acts 11, verse 16. This is interesting because this is Peter who begins to have a ministry to the Gentiles. The Gentiles of the day were considered unclean. They weren't allowed in the temple courts. But the Holy Spirit actually came to the Gentiles, which so surprised everybody. What it really did is it showed that God was for all people, not just Jews, not just chosen people, that he really came for all people. Peter has this dream about these sheets that came down. There was the clean and unclean animals on it. And, and in this vision, it says, go eat these unclean animals. And it's like, I can't do that. I'm Jewish. And he says, no, you can. And, and the whole idea was, you know, don't call something unclean that God has called clean. And he's really talking about us. And he's saying that the kingdom of God is available for everybody, and the Holy Spirit especially is available for everybody. But he goes on to say this in Acts chapter 11, verse 16. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he's given to us, when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who was it that I would stand in God's way? Basically say, who am I to stand in God's way? If he says he wants to give the Holy Spirit to all people, who am I to say who's clean and unclean? Who am I to say it's only for the Jews, not for the Gentiles? And I would say for each one of us, who, who am I to say, well, my upbringing's this way. You know, I came from a Catholic upbringing, or I came from no background, or, you know, I don't even know what this Holy Spirit is. And I love that because that's exactly the verse we used when Paul says, uh, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? He goes, I, didn't, I don't even know anything about the Holy Spirit. And immediately he lays hands on them, for, on them and they pray, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they begin speaking in tongues. So it's not like you have to have a traditional, you have to be brought up a certain way, you have to have a certain belief. All right, now this is where, uh, this is important for me to draw here a little bit. I'm going to bring this forward just a little bit so everybody can see. All right, I told you that we're, we were made up of three parts, right? We have body, soul, and spirit. All right, so I'm going to make an attempt to uh, draw a man here. It's not an angel. Don't worry, not yet. By the way, somebody told me that they thought we had an angelic visitation on Friday night, that a person came here not looking like us, 
I don't know if it was factual or not, but the person said they were glowing and they kind of came in and um, they thought it could very well be an angel. So that's possible. Oh, he's out of shape. I got to give him some legs or something. He looks, there we go. All right, so here's a guy. Man, that's horrible drawing. Here's a guy. So look at this for a moment. Somebody said he needs a hat? Why does he need a hat? There we go. Now he's a, he's a dude. All right. Body, soul, and spirit. So the spirit is, uh, sorry, the soul is made up of a mind. That's his brain. Okay, which also is, is the will and emotions. The soul is mind, will, emotions. Now, interestingly enough, many times we would think our soul is somehow down here. Have you ever thought of that? Where, where do you think your soul is? I, I kind of always pictured it here for some reason. I think it's like the inner part of who you are. But the reality is, is the, your soul is actually mainly up here. Even though your emotions are felt in different places of your body, uh, the, the limbic system in your brain is what tells your, you to feel certain things, your anger, your happiness, your joy. That's your limbic system in your, in your brain. And so your soul actually originates up here. If I'm messing with somebody's theology, we'll talk later. All right. The body is the body, flesh and bones. Touch your neighbor and says, that's your body. Touch them. All right, right on the arm. There you go. That's your body. Now, and then you have your spirit, which I'm not saying your spirit is your heart, but what I am saying is I believe your spirit is, is around here somewhere. And, I, and I'll tell you why I think that in a moment, because there's a scripture that says that the eyes of our heart would be opened to know the truths of God. The eyes of our heart. And what I'm trying to help you understand is, is the, the process sometimes of receiving the Holy Spirit is, is challenging because we, we tend to go towards the mind to understand the Holy Spirit. Now, there are two parts of our body that are eternal, one that is temporal. Can you guess which is temporal? Your body. Your body will die. It will either get cremated or it will rot in a box. Sorry. It's true. Unless, unless you want to go over to Egypt and crawl into uh, one of those tripody things or one of those pyramids and get yourself embalmed. All right. Which probably is not going to happen. All right. So here's, here's the thing. If we, we spend a lot of time in our life focusing on this, right? We go to school. We, we read we take an information which starts in our brain and we process most things. We even process our emotions mentally. Right? And so, so we, we spend most of our time working up here. Some of you, not all of you, but some of you love to go to the gym and work out on your bodies. And Paul says, you know, that has some good um, benefits caring for your body because our bodies need to function 
Uh, right now, they're the carriers of our spirit, which is also the carriers of the Holy Spirit. So it's important to look after your body as well. But now when it comes to our spirit, we try to process things of the spirit by, by, by the way that we've learned, which is we take everything into our mind first, and then we try to reason it, and then plunk it down into our spirit. That's what happened to me at WebMD. Oh, it wasn't WebMD. It was ConvenientMD. At ConvenientMD. I should have gone to WebMD first and find out about Lyme disease. All right. I don't have it, by the way. They just told me take two tablets of antibiotic. It wipes out anything. It was not even a deer tick. It was just one of those regular ones. But anyways. Um, I do have a hole in my back, by the way, right now. Where... <laughs> where he did take it out. Um, but anyways, neither here nor there. So the body. So the body has some benefit. Okay, the mind. So we try to process things of the spirit, filtering it this way, going into our mind and then trying to pluck it down into our spirit. And then we try to understand how we should respond. I'm going to make a case based on a scripture about the eyes of our heart being enlightened. By the way, if you want that verse, let me tell it to you. It's going to be Ephesians 1.8. It says, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know, that word know again is this relational knowing, this intimacy, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. You want to know your purpose, link up with the Holy Spirit. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? He will reveal things to you, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But for the eyes of our heart to be open, of our spirit to be doing, this is how we have to interact with the Holy Spirit. I believe we have to train our spiritual lives and receive the Holy Spirit to our spirit, which then informs our soul or our mind. Then we need to respond in obedience to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. You see, the challenge is, is we then try to, we, we try to receive the Holy Spirit in our mind, and then we can't completely compute because it doesn't necessarily always compute. The Spirit of God does not always compute in the natural realm. He might ask us to do things that doesn't seem really right, like praying for somebody before they're going in and having an appointment. But we have to train. But see, here's the thing. We've trained our minds. We've gone to school, most of you. We read, we process, we pay our bills. So much of it is mind activity. Our bodies, we, we eat, we look after our bodies, we shower, hopefully, and we look after our bodies. And, but then we, we, we don't realize a third part of who we are, our spirit, and we don't spend a lot of time training our spirit. That's why I'm going to be talking about speaking in tongues, especially praying in tongues. And as we learn to allow our spirit to communicate to the Holy Spirit, that informs our mind, then I believe that's where the secret sauce happens. 
because now we're acting in obedience to what the Holy Spirit is doing, we're receiving the Holy Spirit, which is informing our mind. Now, before you get too wigged out, I talked to you about this the other week. Don't think that you've checked your mind in at the door. Your mind is critical. You remember, your mind is soul. It's eternal. Now, your brain, your mind. Remember, the Holy Spirit thinks we're made in his image. We're not asked to check our brain at the door because, here's the verse. I didn't give it to you last time. But it says that 1 Corinthians 14, 32. 1 Corinthians 14, 32. That's the one that those who prophesy are, are subject to the Holy Spirit. In other words, they can turn on and off what the Spirit wants to, wants to do. So they work in conjunction. So the next time you want to flop around like a flish, fish on the floor, you can turn it off. You can. Because you might be feeling emotional and you want to get, get exuberant about the emotion. And if it's appropriate, emotion is great. He works with our emotions. Remember, our emotions are part of our soul. But I'm just saying that we don't check our mind into the door. What I am challenging us to think about is learning to train our spirit to know how to function with the Holy Spirit. Because being filled with the Spirit of God is the Holy Spirit comes and works with our spirit that then informs our soul, our mind, will, and emotions to act accordingly to his plans and purposes and, and he speaks mysteries to us. And that's why if we receive it this way and come out this way, we function in a different realm as opposed to receiving it this way and then we try to, then we, we will excuse it all away. No, that doesn't sound right. Mm, no. Now we need to test things out too. That's what I'm saying. Use your mind. But I'm challenging us, receive the Holy Spirit this way then let it process up into your soul, mind, will, and emotions. And let's then be in agreement to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. All right, receiving the Holy Spirit is not a measure of faith, which I would just say is belief. It's a measure of an openness to a faithful God. I'm going to leave you on this, on this part. If you're here to be baptized, now would be your time to move and get changed. Worship team can come at this point in time as well. But receiving the Holy Spirit is not a measure of faith. Some people might be questioning my theology on this one. Because don't we need faith for anything of God? I, I agree, but it's not just believing. It's not faith is not faith and faith itself. Faith is yes, you can move the tripod. Faith is is understanding putting our trust in a faithful God. Because I think that's the other challenge with receiving the Holy Spirit. He's going to make me do something weird. First of all, he's not going to make you do anything because you have control over your own, your own will. But if you become so in love with God and you trust him as a good father, you want to keep yourself open to the things of his Holy Spirit then you can say, Holy Spirit, come. Because he's a good father. He's a good father. I'm going to leave you with this scripture. In Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. 
says this. Verse 5, thank you. Luke 11, verse 5. These are Jesus' words, and he said to them, Which one of you has a friend will go with him in the middle of the night and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within. Do not bother me. The the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. You didn't really need that section. That just confuses you. Go on to this part. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. And you will find, seek and you will find. And it will be open to you. For everyone who receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened. This is the part I want you to hone in on. What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give you a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask for the Holy Spirit that you might receive a good gift. But I would say this, when you ask... Don't just ask with your brain. Ask with your spirit. I don't know how to do that. I've never done that before. Just, I can't tell you how to do it, but just try to say, I want to be open to what it is that you're doing, God, in my life. Remember I said last week, though, that the infilling of the Holy Spirit, as much as you're going to feel God's love, it's going to compel you to go outside this church. It's going to compel you to reach others with the hope and message of Jesus Christ. It's going to compel you that when you are standing outside of a medical doctor's office and the Holy Spirit tells you that you need to do something, that the next step is the obedience part to do it. tell you one more story. One more. Acts 10, 44. Kevin, Sylvia, you guys can get in the tub as I'm moving along here. going to go the other way. Just one. There we go. Perfect. Water would splash out otherwise. That's why I couldn't find it. I wasn't in Acts. Acts 10.
Again, Peter, who's talking to the Gentiles, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised, meaning the Jews, who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing themselves speaking in tongues and and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water from being baptized these people? From baptizing these people whom have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Those, we're going to move fairly rapidly right now and into a response. But if you would say, I I don't know if I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit before, would you just rise, and you want to, would you just raise, rise to your feet right now? I'm not going to ask you to do anything. Don't worry, just rise. It's just a symbol of saying, I'm, I'm eager and I want it and I'm hungry. Remember, don't worry. It's not going to necessarily, tongues may flow, it might not, but I just feel like, that it's very Peter when he came to that place it just says if you believe in Jesus Christ but you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit do you want it? then rise to your feet if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want it it's that simple ask and you receive and you believe that he's a good father and he has good gifts for his children And there's going to be something that ignites inside of you. Your spirit's going to come alive with the Spirit of God. If you just posture your hands in a receiving position. Holy Spirit, we receive you. If you're standing, just say those words. Holy Spirit, we receive you. Come into my life. I want to be used by you. I want to be used by you. Keep me open to that still small voice that wants to speak to me. And I want to act in obedience to what it is that you're calling me to. Set my life on fire for you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.